Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's your boy, Pinhead198, and I'm back with two movie reviews. Nia DaCosta's Candyman 2021. It's an honorary sequel, so we're just going to call it that. It's not a remake, it's not a reboot, it's just an honorary sequel because you guys did way too much in this movie proving otherwise. So we're going to get into that. There'll be moderately, there'll be some moderate spoilers, probably some major for a lot of people, but, you know, it's been out for a while, so I'll, I'll warn you if you don't want to hear them in advance. Also, we are going to do a review on James Wan's new batshit crazy semi-original horror film. Malignant. It was fantastic. We'll we'll get into the reason why it's semi-original because it's not completely original, like a lot of people want to blow their load about. However, it was a fantastic film. I had a blast watching it, and we'll get into that. So, but first things first, we're gonna talk about Candyman. Candyman, 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 Candyman. We're just going to keep talking about Candyman. Um, this movie's been out for a while right now. It's not that I give a shit because Rotten Tomatoes is a dog shit organization, but it sits at 84 on Rotten Tomatoes, 72 Metacritic score. 6.4 out of 10 out of IMDb. They're probably the... Most generous. The audience score for Candyman is a 73%, so that ain't bad. Considering how they tried to sell this film about, you know, it's very political and there'll be a lot of talk of police brutality and how the black man can't get a break. And there is that in there, but it doesn't overshadow the film. The film, it actually... W- I will give Nia DaCosta credit for this because I didn't enjoy the film as much as everybody else did. I didn't hate it. It wasn't terrible. It's not a rotten film by any chance. Anybody says that it is, you're out of your tree. It's not that bad. However, there's some execution problems in this film. But one thing Nia does do correctly, and I applaud her for it, leaps and bounds, is she takes a... An ideal that is true, like to ignore that black men and women are treated differently in this country, to say any otherwise, you're just trying to fool yourself and keep yourself in a white utopia. However, it's not hammered over your head like it like it was sold to even in the commercials and the trailers where this is going to be a message film. There's a message to it, but. It's woven inside the bloodline of the story, which is perfect because that's what we're talking about is a transformation. And it transforms into the horror and it makes it a very, at times on your edge, it makes you very uncomfortable. And I'm glad that that's the way it should be because horror films, good horror films make you uncomfortable and they make you think about the world around you. You know, like I've touted many times before, people like to do this bullshit argument that horror is a brain-dead fear for brain-dead morons. That shit's not true. And what films like this prove that that shit's just not true. You know, whether you like this film or not, you can't deny that this film has brains. So, which a lot of you out there who say horror doesn't, you have no fucking brains. 
Anyway, as we move on, um, the problems I had with the film, the major one, and, we'll, and we're going to get into spoilers, so I'm just going to right off the bat say this is going to be a spoiler. This is spoiler. We're in spoiler territory now. So if you haven't seen this film and you don't want to, you don't want to hear this. Kick rocks and come back, or don't. It's up to you. So ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Okay, there we go. You've been warned with the spoilers. One of the biggest problems I have with this film, and because they people tried to, and we knew that he wasn't going to be in here, but you still tried to sell like as he was the Tony Todd cameo, making it like he's in here. He's not in the fucking movie. Another problem I had is the shit you tried to do with Helen, and you walked it back toward the end, but you tried to do this little bait-and-switch where you, you, um, and let me get his character correct, because he was, he wasn't the problem, he was a, the, the gay guy, the gay black man, who was fantastic in this, Nathan Stewart Jarrett, he plays Troy Cartwright, Yahya Abdul-Mateen's girlfriend's brother. So, and I'm not going to call him, yeah, yeah, he's the Candyman for all intents and purposes, and we'll get into that. So, the new Candyman's girlfriend, or uh, brother, excuse me. The Candyman's girlfriend's brother makes a scene, and and it's cool. I like how he set up, the you know, as he's, he's so dramatic about it, and everybody's like, really... But it sets up for a story that he tells, and it's a little bit of revisionist history when they get toward the part where he talk, where he starts talking about Helen's character and how the baby was stole. Did it, did it, did, like there's a little bit of white woman revisionist history, and it's like okay, well now we're but they walk it back, so that kind of agitated me because they did that, and if you're gonna have the balls to do that have the fucking balls to execute that entire narrative throughout the story, which you didn't. You walked it back because you got gutless and scared. So it's the only time you do shit like that toward the end of the movie. But they walk it back and tell the true what was original. That's why I said this is an honorary sequel to the original because they clarify their shit and then they make Helen, you know, the white queen. But they wrap it all up in a nice little bow toward the end. Um, there's some real, just like, okay, some of this you're stealing from Nightmare on Elm Street. Like, the idea of wiping out, you know, granted, he they're doing it through, you know, children getting candy through razor blades. And the urban legend is one man was beaten to death by police because automatically a black man has to be beaten down by police. Especially if there's a suspect of a black man going around giving razor-bladed candy to little white girls. We're talking about Cabrini Green in the 70s. This isn't far-fetched. A black man would have got his fucking skull beaten to oblivion. And they tortured and beat the shit out of that man to a pulp. And we know this is to be a case because we've seen it throughout history earlier than this. You know, we, we can go back to Emmett Till and what they did to that poor man. So we know that in seventies, the late, the, all the sixties, and a lot of the seventies, racism amongst black people, especially to, from the police force, was running a fucking muck. So that is realistic to the time frame, especially in Cabrini Green, nineteen seventy. 
seven at the time because they said it's 1977. Yes, that black man, regardless of if he was doing the crimes or not, would have gotten beat to a bloody pulp and murdered for, you know, sending out razor blades to little white girls in their candy and white boys and, and, and just kids in general. Turns out we find out later down the line he never did, well, not later down the line, within the same story because the young man who is, he plays Zendaya's drug counselor in Euphoria, Rue's drug counselor. I'm looking his name up, I gotta... Coleman Domingo, if I'm not, that's him. It looks like the guy. He's a fantastic guy that I haven't seen. He plays William Burke, and he'll become part of the Candyman High. Spoiler alert down the line, because it's about a hive of Candyman, and it's just, it, and that leads to a lineage and legacy of racism and this, that, and the third. And it, it would be a great, a great tale if you guys had executed it better, but this film is so paced poorly and it's a mess. Like, it's only an hour and a half and normally I don't mind that in horror films, but if you would have put 10, 15 more minutes in here, you could have fleshed all these characters out. We would have cared about them even more and that ending would have paid off the way it paid off. I'm not going to completely spoil it because I'm not go I've already spoiled enough, but I'm not going to be that kind of dick. But there's a cameo from a certain someone, and it, it all supposedly is supposed to tie in with Abdul, uh, Yaha, Yah, Abdul Mateen's, I'm sorry I'm murdering your name, but it all has to do with his character and how it ties into why he can become a Candyman and why there's a hive of Candyman. It's a mess because they don't execute it properly and the pacing is terrible. But if you guys would have cleaned it up and given it about 10-15 minutes more on the screen, you probably could have salvaged and made what could have been one of the better, it's not even a remake, one of the better sequels in a horror movie franchise. But, you know, we're kind of continuing the trend of shitty Candyman sequels because, I'm sorry, Candyman Farewell to the Flesh, a dud, a fart in the elevator. And don't get me started about Candyman 3, Day of the Dead. That is the biggest piece of dog shit I've ever seen in my entire life, horror movie or not. You had a great concept in that movie and you guys couldn't execute it properly because you had too many cooks in the fucking kitchen. And this is similar with this because three writers did this shit. That's why they're touting this as a Jordan Peele film, even though poor Nia DaCosta is the one that did this film. Give her her credit where credit's due, rather better or for worse. Stop calling this a Jordan Peele film, but why it's being called a Jordan Peele film is because he's one of the three fucking writers in this mess of a movie. So is Nia, but that's why, because he produced and he wrote, co-wrote this thing, that's why they're giving him the credit. Well then, if you're going to do that and you're going to wipe out Nia's on here, then you better give him the credit for the dog shit that's in this film too because this isn't a Jordan Peele masterpiece this is almost it's a it's a mark above average middle of the road so there's so much great potential with this film but it's executed poorly and god is the pacing terrible by anybody's standards this pacing is grot absolute grot so for me, Candyman 2021, not the worst film. It's a C-. It, it, it can be nothing above 
nor can it be anything below a C minus. It's not great, and it's not dog shit. It's just ho hum, like some of these hoes out here. So let's move on to a much more interesting and way more batshit crazy, which is crazy, which is a surprise to me because you would think Candyman should be more batshit crazy than this. But especially when you consider the subject matter, um, James Wan's Malignant, man, wow, this was a surprise out of nowhere. I'm telling you, like. Uh, it's not a perfect film by any stretch of the imagination. Let's just get that out of the way right now. And anyone telling you that it is, it isn't. It's sitting at... So we'll go once again to another dog shit place. But Rotten Tomatoes has it sitting at a 77 at the tomato meter. The audience score, the audience isn't liking it. It's 51%. I don't give a fuck about Rotten Tomatoes or the audience. And if you didn't like this film, that's perfectly fine. I can understand in a lot of parts why people would not enjoy this film. But for me, this is one of the most fun times I've had the movies in a long time. Especially with a horror film. Because I don't include Psycho Gorman, even though it did come out this year. Because I didn't get to see that in the theater. I'm talking about a horror movie I've seen in the theater. The only one that surpasses this as far as fun time... Not what the best horror film is, because right now, I'm sorry, still sitting at the top as far as my horror movie experiences in the theater is the is the Night House, and then the second one would be it would be a tie between Malignant right now and A Quiet Place Part Two because this is on the same level of A Quiet Place Part Two where there are some really genuine ter- terrifying scenes, but also. It's just a fucking blast to just, you take your boyfriend, you take your girlfriend, you take any of your significant other, even if they don't like horror movies. You know, you guys need to get over, a lot of you are missing some really good date night horror films because you can't get over yourselves and your addiction to the lollipop licking of the Marvel and the DC films, so you miss out on hidden gems. But whether you see this on HBO Max or you take your person, whoever you love, as long as you're not taking your kids, please don't be a fucking moron and do that shit. Because I saw a couple do it. And they should be shot in the middle of the square. But anyway, I kid, I kid, but you should be punished for taking your 80-year-old children in this shit. You should know better. We have rating systems for a reason in this fucking country, you knob-ins. Anyway... This is a blast to take with anybody of age. I mean, I could see my two cousins taking my two cousins to it because they're old enough. And they've already seen the crazy, like it chapter two. It's no harsher than seeing the it movies or anything. This is a blast at the movies. I will go into a spoiler territory right now, so if you don't want to know this, I'm gonna give you plenty of time. So I'm gonna take a couple of six sips of my old orange juice. Wink, wink. And I'm going to let you walk out of here. I'm not even going to count it down. I'm going to give you a chance to walk out of here because this film should not be spoiled for you except for when you go to see the film. So here we go. And I'll even read off the screenwriters of who wrote this while you walk out and come back. Once you've seen it and we can discuss together through this review and you can say, Hey, Pinhead, you're a fucking moron or Pinhead, 
wasn't for me or Pinhead, I loved it. One way or the other. So here we go. Your time is now. Counting down. Screenwriters are James Wan, Ingrid Bichoux, and Akilah Cooper. Each person did a great job. I don't know who anybody is other than James Wan, but y'all did a fantastic job on it. Not completely original, like I said. But what what Hollywood horror film is anymore? You tell me one and I'll, I'll, I'll break your little heart that it ain't. Even Ari Oster is not completely original, even with Midsommar. I love that film, but and I love his work, but he's not original either. And with that being said, we're going to get into why this is a spoiler territory. I would say if Basket Case, the, the movie, I don't know if any of you know what Basket Case is. But Basket Case was a horror film, and I need to make it from the 80s if I'm not mistaken. I want to make sure I get the right date, but... Those of you who know that, yeah, James, uh, yeah, James, Pinhead, I know. 1981's horror comedy Basket Case. If Nine Inch Nails, Trent Reznor's Nine Inch Nails and Basket Case collided and fucked each other, they would have given birth to Malignant. That's the best way I can spoil it for you without spoiling it and having you run to the theater. I'll give you the synopsis, and it's almost pointless to do so because I guarantee you the synopsis does not hit, cut the cut the mustard for this because the trailers that we saw, and I watched all of them, unfortunately or not unfortunately, all those mediocre trailers we got, none of them did justice to this film. So the synopsis very vague, and it should be. Madison is paralyzed by shocking visions of grisly murders, and her torment worsens as she discovers that these waking dreams are in fact terrifying realities. That's the very bare minimum of telling you, and I like that synopsis without ruining it. For me, I've thought about this for a couple of days now because I saw it on Friday in the theater because I just need to get my mind off shit from what I'm going through right now. And then Sunday I saw it on HBO Max to reaffirm that I was right in my assertion and that this was actually a really good horror film because I'm a jade, like a lot of us, I'm a jaded horror movie watcher and there's been nothing but either high hopes, really good shit like A Quiet Place or just dog shit to where you're like, why do we care anymore? But these gems like Quiet Place, like Malignant, like even if it was cleaned up Candyman to a certain extent, there are little rare gems, little little diamond, Psycho Gorman, Possessor, you know, Cronenberg's kid. There's hope. I just wish we could get more of those than like the shit fest we've been getting like Fantasy Island and uh, the escape room dog shit and all that bullshit that's not necessary. You know, we're getting another Paranormal Activity movie next year. Hooray! You know, at said nobody, because nobody cares anymore. We've moved on. You know, we're getting another Cloverfield movie, maybe somewhere in the year 2000. Somewhere in the distant, distant future, as, you know, Conan used to joke. This this is getting, you know, so when, we're, when we don't get complete rehash bullshit, 
You know, Malignant is kind of rehashed because, like I said, it was, it's a little bit of basket case, especially toward that reveal that you kind of see coming if you pay attention to the movie and the clues that it's giving you is right from the very beginning. Um, it's still a really good, fun ride. I give it, from a score, 8.5 out of 10, and honestly, I'd give this a solid B+. Plus. Solid B+. Plus. It's definitely worth a theater watch one time, like I said, with your girlfriend, your wife, your husband, your boy, whatever. If you have someone special in your life that's of age, that's not 10 years old or some shit like you fucking lunatics like to do. I mean, consenting adults who you want to have a good time and maybe get the old reach around at the end of the night when you go home. You know, that wild ride at the family circus. Um... I would I would highly recommend taking anybody to this because it's just a fucking blast. Yes, there are some grotesque scenes in there, but like I said, there's far darker shit in a lot of your Marvel films. They're just not bloody and gory, and you let those pass. So you guys need to get over yourselves because this is a hidden gem. So I would highly recommend it. I would get more into it. Maybe I'll do a spoiler, a complete spoiler review in a couple of days, once more people have seen it, but right now I, can, I have to be this vague because I really don't want to spoil too much more for anybody who hasn't seen it because this is just a fantastic film that, like I said, if you want it spoiled for you, please spoil it for yourselves by going to see it in the theater or at the very least watching it on your already paid subscription of HBO Max. So check this out. It's It's fantastic, so... That's all for me. Uh, I'll have another episode. I'm trying to get Picard out there in the review, but God, it's a chore because the show is such utter, hateful rubbish. It's rubbish. It deserves to be in the rubbish bin. So that's why I've been trying to keep it, but at some point I did say I would do it on here from the first episode, so at some point I'm going to have to get over myself, as I said, and suck it up and be a big boy and do it, but... I want to get a couple more good reviews out before we get into, you know, the sewage and grot that is Picard Season 1. But it will come, I promise. I'm a man of my word. Other than that, that's the end for me. I hope you guys are having a great day. Love you guys, and uh, peace.